Welcome to another edition of the Music City Drive-In. On today's episode, we are going to review a movie that we got to see together. We went to a press screening of The Lighthouse, um, the movie directed by Robert Eggers, um, starring Robert Pattinson and William Dafoe. And as always, I am joined by my counterpart, Jacob. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm kind of excited to talk about this movie. Um, we tend to talk about things, and I love talking about movies that, A, I wasn't so thrilled about, and you were thrilled about, because then we can kind of talk to them and find where we meet in the middle, or we just fall apart and we don't meet in the middle at all. But um, it's like, all, It all gives good radio. Exactly, and... Um, so Lighthouse was a black and white film, um, yes. which I am a big fan of. Um, also, at the same time, um, the screen was obviously not full. Um, so that, yes. that kind of here. And what we're going to do is we're going to be as spoiler free as possible for the first uh, little bit of time of this movie. And when we get ready to dive into the spoilers of the movie, we will stop it. We will let you know. Where we're at, we're stopping it at that particular moment and don't listen for the rest of the show. Or listen to it because you'll listen to the spoilers and be like, really? Seriously? That's what this... Yeah. Oh, wow. And then you'll probably want to go see it. Um, so let me kick it off. I'll, I'll kick it off with William Defoe. Um, Defoe, I think, was amazing in this. I was a big fan of Defoe in this film. Um, he really played this like grumpy old man in the film, and I really enjoyed that. I felt like he was sarcastic. He was a jerk. Um, he was. I I I just enjoyed his portrayal in this movie. Um, I do think that it's interesting that they're kind of going Pattinson lead, Defoe supporting kind of situation. Uh, I feel like we had we had a set of co leads here, really, in my opinion. Um, maybe with Defoe just lacking a little bit. Um, in my opinion, I think Defoe gave the better performance, but we'll kind of talk that as a collective whole for the film. But I really like Defoe and trying not to dive into spoilers like we talked about, Jacob. What were your thoughts on Defoe in the movie? Um, yeah, I, I'm ready to get into spoilers with this one, but for right now, I agree. Defoe was great. Uh, I actually do see him as a supporter um just because when you look at the the overall framework of the film for sure for sure this is you know this is really robert pattinson's um film or winslow's film i'm gonna try to use their actual names this time this is really winslow's film um and then thomas wake is kind of a guy who jumps in and out of um kind of winslow's narrative and so I do – I really do see Willem Dafoe as supporter. And I think it's smart also. I think Willem Dafoe as supporting really gets him the better chance of getting nominated. Um, I love I love Robert Pattinson in this movie, but I don't think he can break into – I don't think he can break into the lead acting definitely. And I don't think he would have broken into the supporting if they would have done co-supporting. Um, so I, I, I'm fine with them doing – uh, Pattinson lead Defoe supporting. Um, I agree though. Defoe was really like an old grandpa type of performance. He gave, ugh, gross. He gave a ton of really, I mean, incredible monologues. Some, some about 
real things, some about some situations that were probably not as dire as he made them seem. But overall, I mean, he he was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And it's it's incredible to see Willem Dafoe still acting at this level. Um, I mean, he he doesn't he's he's not an old person, but he's you know he's pushing seventy almost. Uh, I can't do fast math, but he was born in 1955. So if you can do math real fast, I 74. Mean, uh, okay, so he's past 70. He is he's almost 80, and, and he's still out. Sorry, here 64. Sorry, my bad. My math like was this. Bad. 64. Sorry, 64. Sorry, whatever. Keep going. The fuck? Yes, correct. Okay, but um. I mean, anyways, he's he's getting up there in age, and he's still giving performances like this, where he's quite literally willing to bear it all, and um, it was I just loved it. Uh, like he said, it was shot in the box type frame, which I personally really really loved. I thought it was a very it was a very risky decision but at the same time it also gives you that sense of closeness and claustrophobic or uh sense of claustrophobia that the lighthouse and the rock that they were on was supposed to give off and so i really enjoyed that he tried to do something different and really tried to immerse you into that time i mean the movie set in the late 1800s, I think in the 1890s. Yeah, 1890s, uh, yeah. Yeah, in uh, in a New England uh, lighthouse. And like, like I said, it really gets you in that. The movie's shot in black and white. Um, the cinematography so just, is just magnificent. Which, which a black and white film has to have. A black and white film, if it doesn't have good cinematography then the use of black and white does not help the film at all, which, um, you know, black and white is always an artistic choice. I mean, any film can be black and white, but it's what you do with it that really, uh, it's what you do with that black and white that really kind of, um, that really kind of overtakes it. And it's that idea of kind of stripping away color and giving us, you know, the bare bones of what we need to see. And that is Defoe and mainly Pattinson's kind of descent into madness throughout the film. Um, you know, it's the same thing we see in almost in say apocalypse now, um, where the longer they are in this situation, the matter or matter they get. And, uh, that's why I, I I really enjoyed that sense of claustrophobic uh, tendencies and the black and white. I enjoyed that he did all of this to kind of give us that feel of closeness and of isolation and really, I mean, for me, made me go a little mad watching it. I mean, it's this is also one of the weirdest, and I will say weirdest films i've ever seen in my entire life and yeah so for me i I loved it yeah so for me uh, the transition for that to me is perfect um uh 
you know, and in a few minutes, we're going to talk a little more spoilerly here, and, and we kind of dove into it. I, one thing I, I didn't like uh, I'm about this film, I liked the sound, but I also had issues with the sound. At certain, I, I agree. I agree. At certain parts of the film, the, the sound in the movie felt really uneven, and that kind of took away from me because... At some points, the movie was so loud, and there was nothing. And there's nothing wrong with a very loud film, but I felt like it was so loud that it just was unnecessary, and it kind of bothered me in certain ways. It it kind of towards the end of the film, it was kind of comedic to me, in a way of how uneven the sound and the film together were. Because um, don't get me wrong, like it was edited really good. It was. Um, I love films like this. This this was this is a cinematic film. Like it, it was, I after watching it and not diving into spoilers, I under after watching it understand why it's going to be limited to release. Um, this movie is not going to be liked a whole lot by your average normal moviegoer. Um, this reminds me a lot of Swiss Army Man, um, which. Swiss Army Man was one of the best films that came out that year. It was truly a magnificent film. Um, it took a massive risk like this film did. But I will say the massive risk Swiss Army Man took, it knocked it out of the ballpark. I didn't think that this really hit the home run that I, that I thought it maybe could have. And it kind of was a little lackluster in the in so i'm not going to say it struck out because it didn't because i liked the film and and i'll give i want us to give our scores right this second for those who who can stop right now i settled in at three and a half out of five stars and once we kind of dive into the more spoilerly aspect of it i can dive into what i didn't like about the film Obviously, the non-spoiler version is the sound was a little bit uh, not big for me. And then on the flip side of it, the story didn't go the way I anticipated and or really liked. I'm not saying it was a bad film, but it wasn't. But I would recommend watching this film in theaters if you're a cinema person. But if you're not, this is a definite skip for me for you. And Jacob, I know you're a little higher on the film, so just kind of break down your score, give us a little thoughts, and then we're going to dive into the spoilers. Um, yeah, so for me, it is, right now, it's my lowest four and a half out of five that I have, uh, but it's still four and a half. Um, like he said, the sound, I do think the sound times was incredibly effective in yep. building that sense of suspense and dread especially especially in the third act um that that third act of the film uh i was having to check my um i was having to check my fitbit on my wrist and i was pushing 9500 on my heart on my heart rate i mean i was going um but there's also times where you know you, you don't want all that sound and you just are thrown in it. And it's, it sometimes can get overwhelming um, and sometimes works. Uh, the story, I, I know that I'm on the other side of this than what Ricky is. I 
was a fan of how he really went for it. A lot of it seemed jumbled up, which was a kind of an issue, but he also left a lot of it uh, ambiguous to where it really is open-ended. That's what I can't wait to get into uh, spoiler territory to talk about it. Um, other than that, I mean, the performances were great. Eggers is fantastic. Uh, this and I, the witch, which I, I, I've loved both. Um, if Eggers next film, uh, his, if his Viking movie is just as good, if not better, he might be one of my top three, top two horror directors, uh, that I've ever seen. Um, you know, if you want to read more about my thoughts on it, it, my blog post will be up, but I'm, I'm just ready to get into spoilers. Yeah. So obviously a four and a half, which is a strong, but he did say in the bottom half of a four and a half star review for him, three and a half for me. Um, we would love to hear your thoughts in this film at VP underscore movies at Ricky Blair underscore. Um, I will be reviewing it. I don't know if I'm going to post it to my site or letterbox, but either way, you'll be able to see it posted. My, my... Mine is already up on my letterbox. If you want to go look there, but um, and on my Twitter page. Uh, so yeah, go ahead, check that out. And then as of right this second, if you don't want to hear any spoilers about the film, I'm going to need you to shut the podcast off and go listen to one of our previous episodes where we talk about the best actor, best actress, best director, screenplay, um, and even as of soon, uh, best supporting actress. So check those episodes out, download, subscribe. And for those of you that have seen the film that are sticking around, we are going to dive right into our spoiler version of The Life. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording and hosting. And distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. And ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. And that means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if, all, if you've always wanted to start a podcast making money to do it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I cannot wait to hear your podcast. House. All right, folks, so now, again, a warning slash warning slash warning. We are going to talk about spoilers about The Lighthouse. So, again, if you have not seen this film and don't want to know about how a mermaid has sex, then you should probably stop the podcast already. So, Jacob, let's dive into... The film a little bit deeper on a cinematic purpose for me and i'll kind of kick it off a little bit we'll kind of go back and forth about certain aspects of the film and maybe even dive in a little bit into our thoughts on where the film lacked or you think that it hit a home run for me the story was was very well written in a lot of different aspects um i, I my biggest problem was um, with Pattinson, I'm not overly as enthused with Pattinson as you are within this film. I think he was good. I just don't think he was great. I feel like he was very much overshadowed by Defoe. And that kind of bothered me as a person that is understanding, like you said earlier, was 
Pattinson's supposed to be the vocal point of this film. It's his story in a way. And obviously in my twist up, twist it up mind, I really wanted to Defoe and Pattinson to be the same person. Like it still resonates me with me a little bit that I really wish that we could really tie that knot at the end of the film. But for me, that's where the story kind of let it down. And at the same time, you could look at it in a perspective of, well, Ricky, it was an open book. It's perception of however you want to. But for me, I'm not exactly sure the story kind of progressed the way I wanted it to. Not just the way I wanted to. I just felt like it was lacking something. It was lacking that pizzazz, that artistic feel that I love to come away from the film. I don't mind having questions leaving us a, a, a movie. Um just as recent as Joker. It, that's one of the most open-ended last 15 minutes of the film that you'll see this year. And you can spin it 90 different ways. But for me, in a film like this, I'm okay with the questions, but not all the questions that I had coming out of it. So, Jacob, what are your thoughts on that as a collective whole? And where do you think the story was for you? Um. So, to go back on Pattinson's uh, performance I really think I really think this performance wasn't it wasn't meant to be an overtly in your face eccentric performance um I think a lot of Pattinson's I think really a lot of his best acting from the movie was the scenes where he was watching um he was watching Defoe uh in the lighthouse or when he was the scenes of him where he was beginning to go crazy um i you know i think that uh a lot of his he which he did have a lot of good uh speaking scenes but i think he did a really good job of showing us that like descent into madness that uh comes with the isolation of being on the island um i agree i did kind of want it to be a, I did want it to be a, you know, a, a definitive bow on the top wrapped up like this is how it was supposed to end. But at the same time, I'm glad there wasn't because, you know, then I can't be wrong with whatever I think happened. Um, I think and it's and throughout the film, it's hard because, you know, you we we do watch this from Pattinson's viewpoint, but there are times with, throughout the film to where we think, oh, you know, it's only been a few days. And then Willem Dafoe's character comes along and says, no, Winslow, it's been like three weeks since you were supposed to get picked up. And um, you begin to really question. It's a lot. Honestly, it's a lot like Joker in the aspect of you never know what you can trust from what you're being given because you're given everything through winslow's point of view you're not giving you nothing is given to you um from defoe from defoe's point of view or actually they're the only two on the island but um you're not given anything through the other point of view so everything that you know in the diegesis of the film is from winslow and so you know you get you start to question what you know you start to question what you can believe what isn't real um you know there's the whole there's the whole scene of when he finds the book and he finds that uh 
Thomas had been writing to him about how, or been writing in the book about how Winslow has been aggressive and uh, drinking too much and doing all this. And you start to wonder like, oh, has he, you know, has he really been doing that? Um, I agree. I don't know. I can't tell you, you know, what happens at the end. Um, in my mind, a lot of it is, you know, played up in, uh, Winslow's head. Um, I don't, I would like to think that they were the same person, but at the same time, I don't think they are the same person. Um, I think that a lot because Winslow tells, he, uh, tells Thomas, you know, he spills his beans, which is a crucial aspect of the movie. But I think by doing that, he is almost creating stories that he believes is happening. Um, I mean, I, I, honestly, I don't know. And that's, that's what I really enjoyed about this movie. I liked that Eggers kind of went for it. You know, I feel like with a clean cut script and a movie that, you know, wasn't as out there as this was, I don't think this movie works as well as it does. Um, you know, that might be different for you, but for me, I don't think that the film hits the same way if it doesn't have those kind of ambiguous or, you know, honestly just wild uh, eccentric tendencies to it. Yeah, and see, I agree with what you're saying there because, okay, so you can look at this two ways. Um, if this would have been a standalone lighthouse film that doesn't have the crazy mermaid stuff in it, that that could be just kind of two men that just are stuck on this lighthouse, on this rock, where they are in life, you know, life, love, the pursuit of happiness. Yeah, it probably would have been still a very good film. Like I said, my biggest thing is I love the films that take a risk. And this film took a, a huge risk, in my opinion, because it's, and I said this earlier, this movie is not for everybody. It's not. It's for somebody like you and I who love film, who love the art of film, who love the idea of people willing to take a risk on a story that is so crazy and so out there. And that's why I said earlier, my love for Swiss Army Man is next to nothing. Like, but that film is very weird. It's kind of like The Lobster as well. For me, that's another film that I truly loved and thought was very interesting and different and weird. And it and it hit. And there were some things in that movie that didn't hit particular for me as well. But the story itself of Defoe lost and it's just grouchy old man who I feel like probably went through a mad divorce that wasn't overly exciting and he just is living out his best life in this lighthouse where this is all he has anymore hit like and he even stated at this one he was married to that place that was his life that he ate slept drank and breathed the lighthouse that was his baby it was his story and i can see like when you talked about pattinson and when they talked about his character and about how Defoe wrote in the book about how aggressive Pattinson was. I can see where Defoe, if we're not, if I'm not going to follow my idea of them being the same person, 
but the fact that maybe that's why Defoe went so many with so many different characters or so many different people in that role because Defoe ends up maybe killing all of these people before him. That that theory's in my head a little bit. And before he could kill Pattinson, Pattinson, you know, kind of was trying to do that to him because Pattinson might have figured out, well, the last guy probably died because Defoe killed him or made him go crazy or whatever it may be. And then, you know, we do get the bow tie from early on in the sequence where he does kill the seagull and the seagull, you know, he does tell him that, you know, they don't, you don't mess with the, with the, you know, seagulls because they're the sailors of the past. And the way they tied that knot was fine. I enjoyed that. It was a little bow at the end that, you know, but he, Hey, what, one thing I just thought about the seagulls, is so technically two seagulls were killed one of them was um one of them was killed by beating him and the other one was killed um and the two people that um robert pattinson found like whether on in his dreams or um being out one of them was around all the, the trees and the other one was um his head was floating up in the crab whatever so it could it be to where like that idea of the seagulls and the people uh of like the sailors being killed could that have been something to where it came back and those were the people who came back to almost enchant in a way Robert Pattinson to kind of go crazy. See, I can see that. But then on the flip side of that, all that makes me really feel like is that at the same time, like I feel like that would have been a perfect bow tie for if Pattinson was really Defoe's, that they were the same per person type thing. I really liked, would have enjoyed, I, for so much of me, we talked about this after the film, we talked about this film for 20, probably 20 minutes afterwards. And we were kind of dissecting it and kind of listening to what everybody else was saying about it. And kind of thinking that, you know, that bow tie would have been nice. And we did get a semi bow tie with the seagulls eating him. And, and if you look at the big picture, yeah, I feel like you could also see where you could say that they did bow tie Ricky. Stop talking about them, not closing out the story because they technically did. But I just feel like something lacked in this film that maybe really wanted to be like, man, that was just a beautiful piece of cinema. And it was a beautiful piece of cinema, cinema to look at. And the sound, like I said, it was very uneven and it really bugged me. And I feel like there were certain scenes where I kind of snarked and chuckled a little bit. And you even called me out on that afterwards that you said that you were so engulfed in the film that you really didn't find yourself chuckling. You were more so, it was a chuckle out of despair and depression maybe. But yeah, and that's sort of you. And I did, and I, and I can appreciate that to an extent as well. But for me, where... I felt like it could have been I was on the same level as you with that because I have felt that before in a movie. I just wasn't that invested um, to certain parts of the story. And I do think a lot of it, when I think about it, man, it's Pattinson was really my uneasy part of this movie. Not just the story being weird and sketchy, but 
um, the story of this other guy of what we really not a thousand percent sure what kind of happened type of thing. It brings me back to the idea of of um, like Shia LaBeouf's brother inside Peanut Butter Falcon. Like you could have mentioned it, maybe done so. I, I don't know. I, I just my biggest problem with the film is Pattinson's character did not enthuse enthuse me as a collective whole. Pattinson didn't enthuse me as a collective whole, and I like Pattinson. And the uneven score and sound really bugged me to a point where it was frustrating. No, yeah, I I I can completely I can see the point. This is I mean, this is one of those films. It's honestly Ricky and I have we've gone back and forth a million times over at Astra, but I can see where you can feel this way about the film. Um, you know, I it's it's like you said, there were some scenes to where I mean, this film, when I say it gets weird, it gets weird. And there's scenes where there's a there's a scene where Robert Pattinson has one of the and this is I'm pushing the boundaries of the of PG, but where he has one of the craziest jerk off sequences I've ever seen in a movie. Um, and I mean, some people, you know, the, some the person sitting to my left, she was laughing, and uh, I mean, it it is it is in a sense comedic. But it's comedic with terrifying and horror undertones to where I can understand if some people get on the comedy side of it. But I was on the um, horror side of it. And there's a scene at the very end where Willem Dafoe is – Willem Dafoe throughout the film, you know, he calls him – he calls Pattinson. He calls him a dog. He treats him like a dog. At the end of the movie, Pattinson ties him up. Uh, in a leash and walks him like a dog. And I can get where some people can find that comedic, but to me, like that scene, that like that whole kind of change of scenery was just, it was a terrifying experience. And Ricky earlier. And what I love about this and what I love about Eggers film style so much is that he he can completely grasp the idea of a horror feel of it with scary sequences. Um, it's not like, and that's what I'm liking about this kind of new wave of horror films. Um, Jordan Peele does the same thing, but he does horror sequences with comedy. Uh, Ari Aster does horror sequences with suspense. Uh Eggers really does a good job of horror sequences with, you know, thriller or um, thriller or just like scares. Um, and but what I love about all of them is there's not like a slasher aspect. There's not a jump scare aspect. They really do from the very beginning of the film when we see Defoe and Pattinson stare at the camera for two to three minutes. Um, we really get a, an uneasy sense of dread really throughout the entire length of the film. And there's not, but maybe one or two scenes where I was, you know, jolted out of my seat a little bit, but throughout the film, I was constantly worried and speculating and terrified and, uh, um, 
I mean, these are all the reasons why I absolutely love the film. But I can I can see where someone wouldn't like it um, as well. I mean, it's it's a very divisive film in my eyes. Um, I I can see people absolutely hating it, and I can see people just kind of liking it for a few aspects. It's not one of those films though where it's you love it or you hate it. You know this this is a very middle ground film. Um, and honestly, for me, if he, like I said, if he didn't get as weird with it as he did, I think I'm also hovering around the three, three and a half. But for me personally, I really enjoyed that he, he just went all out for it. You know, he didn't hold much of anything back. And that's something that really drew me into the film. I can see that a hundred percent coming full circle. Like I said, I mean, I gave it the three and a half stars. I, it, and like I said earlier, it, it swung. It may not have hit the home run for me personally, but it's not like it struck out. It, it's still a good piece of film. It's a good piece of art. It's got beautiful cinematography. Um, Defoe gave one of my favorite performances of the year within the supporting actor or, or as a collective whole acting of the year. I mean, we've had some really good performances and there's films that you and I haven't seen, but I mean, if we're going to talk at the end of the year, we're still probably talking about a top 15 to 20 performance among all the actors. Oh, and, easily, you, and you easily. can't complain about that at all. Obviously top, you know, top 15 to 20 out of, you know, I've seen almost 120 to 130 films this year. So I mean that to me is a is pretty solid for my head and and three out of five that's it's still not a bad review in my opinion I mean I am you know sometimes a little generous with my ratings and let's transition into that I talked about Defoe in the supporting role and honestly I would like to see him get the nod we will talk about supporting actor a little bit more uh, here in the near future but. That category is very hard for Defoe to break into. I think if anybody can, it will be Defoe. Um, Pattinson, in my opinion, doesn't stand a chance. There's not even a prayer. Um, and cinematography is obviously, in my opinion, a lock here. So what are your thoughts on... At Eggers, I don't see anything really happening there. But for you, do you see any awards for the Eggers, the Pattinsons, the Defoe, the, any technical awards? What do you got for me? Um, I see right now, I think, uh, I think Edgar's best shot is for his next film, um, which is looking like to be a hit. Um, but for this one, no, I don't see, I don't see for Edgar's, I don't see anything. Maybe he gets some sci-fi, uh, some sci-fi love, maybe a few critics, uh, groups give him love. Um, to me, I mean, he's he's one of the top maybe 10, 15 directorial um, performances, but when it comes to awards, there's no chance for him. The only two that I see really coming from this film are cinematography and supporting actor, which, um, spoiler for our supporting actor pod, I actually have put Defoe into my top five. Um, I took Sterling K. Brown out and I added um, Willem Defoe in. Uh, I his performance 
was, you know, impeccable. I just, I don't know how much the Academy can nominate Willem Dafoe before they, um, before they just give up on him getting a win. Uh, I mean, he's been nominated. He was nominated a few years ago in supporting actor. He's a four time nominee. I, I really, I hope that in the near future, he can get a win. I do. I think it will be this year. There's no shot. I think a, I think any, I think having the lighthouse on Oscar nomination morning, having the lighthouse name, uh, being brought up, I think that's the win for this film. Um, cinematography for now is a yes, but there's also some films that are going to come out later that might have better cinematography. Um, I just, I don't know. This is going to be a very, it's an, it's a very experimental film that the Academy voters are either going to flood towards or stay away from. And if there's any voters that are indifferent about it, they will likely find something else to vote for. Um, does this have a best picture chance? No chance in hell. Um, Lead actor, no chance. Uh, screenplay, no chance. The only two that I see this are, well, maybe sound mixing, but then I, then again, I agree with you that it was, it worked well at times, then at other times it fell flat um, and just felt unnecessary. So um, I think the only ones it really has is cinematography and supporting actor, which, like I said, I have both of those nominated right now, but they could easily change. Yeah, same here. Uh, cinematography, I could see happening, and supporting actor. I, I have him sitting at five um, right now myself, with a little bit of spoiler for next week. Um, all right, guys, so I need you guys to do me a solid. Uh, head on over to Twitter. Give my boy Jacob a follow, at VP underscore movies. Give myself a follow, at Ricky Valera underscore um, download, subscribe the podcast so it drops in there each and every week. If you can do us a favor, if you're listening on iTunes, go ahead and drop that five star review for us. Um, it kind of get the word of mouth out there for us. Uh, make sure to tune in to all of our other Music City drive-ins where we covered best actor, best actress, both screenplays, best director, best supporting actress, and coming soon, uh, best um, supporting actor as well. Um, head on over to visualprofitmovies.com to check out all of Jacob's movie reviews. Um, head on over to thesportscript.com to check out all my movie reviews. And until next time, Jacob and I will talk to you guys soon. All right.